0: All right. Welcome, everybody. How's everybody doing? Doing okay? Good. Welcome to all of you live in the room. Welcome to everybody who is joining us at all of our sites, all of our venues, those who are joining us online or uh, listening to our podcast. Uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name's Matt. And uh, I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and, uh, and we're so glad that you're with us. Hey, and um, let me just say two special shout-out to college students. I know we've done this for a couple weeks, but to college students uh, who are at any of our sites and venues right now or online, um, you know, when I was hired here at Blackhawk uh, 20-plus years ago, I was hired on as the college pastor and uh, so from a guy who just cares, cares deeply about the university community, we're so glad that you're with us. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, we're hoping that during the time that you're here in Madison, that Blackhawk can feel like a place that, uh, that can be your church home. And uh, we're looking forward to getting to know you. I'm looking forward to get to know you. So, uh, so if I don't know you, haven't met you, come and say hi to me. I would love that. But I, um, I do love this time of the year. Okay, now I know we're saying goodbye to summer. Labor Day weekend is over. You know, I'm guessing that for any of you students who are in the room, you've had, you've had like at least one week of school now, the, and, and the reality of that is kicking in, and I know it can be painful, but there are so many things about this season right now that we are in that I just love. Like, I, um, anybody kind of dig in the little bit cooler weather? You know, like you're like we're not saying winter come on. We're saying like we just like the 70s, you know, and it has felt good. And like to have your windows open at night again in your home and uh, just that little bit of change. Oh, it just feels so good. I um I love the just electricity of downtown at this time of year when university's back in and students are back in session and everyone's around. I I'm a lover of fall sports. Like, I, football season is on. Okay, and let me just say, for for UW football, yes, they lost last night, but there is a lot of season left. Can I get an amen from anyone in the room? And here's the thing, too. I thought this was really cool. I, I don't know about downtown or Fitchburg, but I was walking in this morning. I talked to a guy who was on the football team who was here. They got back at 5 a.m., and he's at church this morning. That's amazing in itself. And uh, yeah, yeah, we can clap for that. But I, like, I just, I love football season. Okay, here's the, I am a massive fan of the UW women's volleyball team. Can I, come on, number one in the nation, undefeated. They are just incredible. And and so I love this time of the year. I love all the changes that start to take place as we move towards real fall, which is coming, which is just a great season. Winter, whole nother subject, but fall, pretty incredible. And, uh, you know, one of the things I always think of at this time I, um, are, are foods that you start to eat as you, you get into the season of fall. Because for me, in my mind, when I think of, of this time of the year, it is, um, it's it's chilly season. Like, I, I don't know about you, but as fall sports kick in and you get into September, October, I love a good bowl of chili. Any other chili lovers out there? Yeah. Yeah, all you any of you can raise your hands right and 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 how many of you have like a chili recipe that you just love? It's like that is your go-to. Don't give me a bowl of chili in June or July. I'm not interested. But once we get into September, October, I'm all about it. We had we had chili last night for dinner. So, um so this is uh this is leftovers of uh, of the chili that we had which frankly, I, uh, this is gonna be lunch later. And, and frankly, the thing that, look at, oh, it's just, oh, it's chunky and amazing. And, and here's the thing. My guess is the chili that we made last night is actually going to be, I don't know if you think this way, better today because all the flavors have had a chance to get to know each other for a little bit. They're better with each other now. And um, now this chili that I have here, this is known in our family as Hallworth chili. My wife's maiden name is Hallworth, Rachel Hallworth. And her mom, who is actually in our traditions venue right now, Allison Hallworth, shout out to mom, because your chili recipe is amazing. And I know you got it from somewhere else, but it's all about you now. And uh, so we know this as Hallworth chili. And uh, Hallworth chili is kind of like your classic chili, tomato-based. It's made with ground turkey rather than ground beef, because it's a little bit healthier. And uh, But it's got, you know, beans and celery, all of that type of stuff. But you take this chili. Okay, and when you get home, like add some cheddar cheese, maybe just a little bit of sour cream. Okay, and if you want to put it over the top, pair it with a piece of Stella's spicy cheese bread. Oh, Oh. (laughs) it will change your life forever, people. I'm telling you. But that's just one of the chili recipes that we love in our family. We actually have three that we go to all the time. There's another one that is a a, a sweet potato chili that is made. um it actually it's it's made with um with cayenne pepper and cinnamon. So it's got this perfect blend of like sweet and spicy. And, uh, and if you take like a fresh piece of cornbread and like crumble it up into it, oh my gosh. Oh, it's amazing. So, but then, okay, we've got another one too that we go to. It is a, a white bean chicken chili that's made with green... I love the way in this room, every time I say when, the room goes, "Mm," like, I want that. You know, like, so it's 9 o'clock in the morning, people. Come on. So 1045 for later, but uh, you get the idea. So this white bean chicken chili, it's like... Green tomatillos is what it's made with. It has this Mexican flavor. And if you take it, you eat it with corn chips. And it can't be like wimpy thin chips. It's gotta be like thick chips. Like there's a brand of chips called donkey chips, which are really thick. They're amazing. And and, and you just eat, oh, so, so good. But here's the thing to know, okay? Um, Yeah, you're learning. Isn't this a great sermon so far? We learned all about chili. It was great. Never looked at the Bible, but I learned so much about chili. So here's the thing with chili recipes. They're all called chili, and they're all amazing, but they're very different from each other. Each one like has its own like, unique, distinct flavor. Every one of these recipes are very different. So when, I, when Rachel says, hey, we're gonna have chili for tonight, that can mean very different things in the Metzger home you know, because each one is incredible, but each one is unique. Okay, why do I bring that up? Well, because in the same way that chili can mean very different things. When, when we think of church, church can mean very different things to people. And, and here's the reality. Here in, in, in Dane County, where, where we're meeting right now live at all of our sites and all of our venues, there are some amazing, amazing churches in this area. You know, a lot, they're, they're senior pastors from other churches who are great friends of mine, our staffs, I know of staff people who hang out with people from other staff groups. Occasionally, we do different things together as churches. These churches are incredible. The things that they're doing for the kingdom are amazing. But if you were to take time to go to all of these different churches, you would find as you spend time there that everyone has kind of a unique flavor of the way that they go about doing things. And, uh, and, and that's true of, of our church as well. They're all incredible, but they just, they're unique. They have a distinct flavor and aroma of the way that they go about doing things. Now, why do I bring that up today? Well, because see, at this time of the year, you know, kind of from the summer forward at, at our church here at Blackhawk, all sites and venues, we have a lot of new people who walk through the doors of our church for all kinds of different reasons. I mean, maybe you just moved to town for a job or for the university. It could be somebody's invited you for a long time. Finally, you decided to come. It could be like something's going on in life and you're like, I just need to get back to a church. But for whatever those reasons are, when people come through the doors of, of our church and they're new, I know that one of the things that they're looking for is, is what we're all about as a church. You know, like like what's the aroma? What's the flavor? What's the smell? In other words, like, What's what's the chili recipe of this particular place? And, And now here's the other thing, flip side. Some of you, you've been coming around here for a long time. You've been a part of our church, man, for ages. And it can be easy to where you eat the same meal for so long, you can kind of forget about like what are the distinct things about it? What is the unique aroma? And I think it's good every once in a while to be able to stop and kind of take a refresher course about why we do what we do the way that we do it around here as a church. And the reason why I think that's important, regardless if you've been around here for a long time or if you're a brand new person, is because the goal of any of us as a church is we're taking a look at a place where we want to land and plant. The goal is that we would be a church, all of our sites and venues, everyone online, here in person, that that we would be on mission together to see God do something in our lives and then to use us in, in the community it is that, that we find ourselves. That God would do something in us and through us to help other people see who he is. And, and so we decided for these weeks that potentially it could be worth it. Just, man, rather than have you come around for six to eight months to figure out the flavor of who we are as a church, we just thought, what if we just take two weeks to give you our chili recipe and to allow you to see who it is that we are as a church and uh and so as we talked about this as our church staff and our leadership we came up with what we felt were like six ingredients that we felt like really kind of made up our church as a whole. And so those ingredients if can we kind of put can we put both of those up together that's fantastic. In the next two weeks this is what we're going to cover. The six ingredients that we have are we teach the Bible and we expect transformation. And then we are a multi-generational, multicultural church that loves the university and loves the city. Those, those, Now, are those all the things we do? No, but those are six ingredients that we felt like, yeah, that kind of makes up a lot of the flavor of our church. And so for this week, we're gonna talk about these top two that we teach the Bible and we expect transformation. We, we're gonna be a place that teaches the Bible and everything we do around here is geared towards the idea of, transforming our lives. And then next week, we'll dive into the last four ingredients, which really have to do with what the Bible says. The Bible is kind of our foundational element. It's like our foundational ingredient. And what does the Bible have to say about the community that we are? And we'll move towards this idea of being a multi-generational, multicultural church that loves the city and therefore loves the university. That's where we're headed for these two weeks. And let me just tell you, as, um, okay, so as, as, as a senior pastor here, what's, what's my hope for this time? My hope is, is that we would get to the end of these two weeks and that for a lot of people, regardless if you've been around here a long time or if you're brand new, that there would be all kinds of people who would go, hmm, yeah, I like that aroma. I like that flavor. Yeah, this is a place, this is a place that I wanna land and plant. I'm in. And that at the same time, that there could be people who go, I'm not so sure I like that flavor. And that's completely okay. And you would be able to connect in with another one of these great churches here in Madison. Why? So that you can be on mission with what it is in the way that God desires to use you in this city. Church was never meant to be a spectator sport. It was meant to be something where we dive in together and see the way that God uses us. We want for everyone here to find the right place for them. So we're giving you our chili recipe. That's what we're doing today. And we're starting in this area with the Bible. So in talking about the Bible and the way it kind of affects our lives. So, okay, here here at Blackhawk, it doesn't take long to realize that we teach the Bible. And it's something that we take very seriously. We believe that that we are called to understand God's word, and God's word is meant to be something given by God that's meant to help us see him, but to transform our lives as well. And in actuality, scripture talks about this. There's There's a letter that was written by the apostle Paul to his uh, young co-worker and protege, Timothy. Two letters that were written to him. In the second letter, the, the book of Second Timothy found in the New Testament, chapter three, it actually says these words. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Like, this is so important for us to understand that like when we, when we look at the Bible, we don't look at scripture as just like a set of stories from history. We don't just look at it as suggestions for our lives. When we see scripture, we understand it to be God-breathed, that these are actually, we believe, God's words to us given by all kinds of different authors who were inspired by God to write what they did to help us understand who he is and and the things that he desires for us to see within our own lives, to understand the way that he's created us. And as the church, one of our biggest callings is to preach this word. Paul actually goes on to talk about that in the very next chapter in the same letter where he says this, he says, preach the word and be prepared in and out of season to correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Okay, so according to Paul, teaching scripture, this God-breathed book was one of the most important things that the church could do. And that was true back then, and that continues to be true today. So we see this as like the foundational ingredient of what we do as a church. We wrote it this way in these distinctives. And by the way, we have these sheets Outside, you might've gotten them on the way in. It just says Blackhawks Distinctives. This is basically, this is our chili recipe. So now, our mission as a church has not changed. When we think of our mission as a church, man, we have had the same mission for decades and it continues to be the same. For those of you who know the short version of it, say it with me right now. It is building a community to reach a community. The long version of that is building a community that follows Christ in order to reach a community of those who don't know him, of those who are lost without him. That's our desire as a church and what we want to do. But we believe that these distinctives help us to see the way that we're going to fulfill that mission. This is the church that we believe we're called to be. This is our chili recipe in the midst of all kinds of different great churches. And so with that, we see the Bible as kind of the foundational piece of what it is that we're trying to do as a church. A church. So, on this distinctive sheet, this is what it says when it comes to the Bible. It says at Blackhawk, it's our goal to teach the whole story of Scripture in a way that is both in depth and accessible, leading to life transformation. Okay, let me unpack that for just a minute. Just a minute. That uh, that whole statement. It starts off by saying it is our goal, and when I say that, this is what I mean. It's not my goal when I get up front to teach scripture. When Charles is up here, it's not Charles's goal. Like as a church staff, as a church leadership, it is our goal. And we take that very seriously every week that one of us gets up front and, and speaks. It's interesting, when I, when I talk with people about the process that we go through to getting ready for a message, I think that a lot of people, they, they get this idea that, well, I come up with, we kind of come up with what we're gonna talk about, and then Thursday prior to the Sunday, we start working on things, and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're looking at scripture and trying to figure out what it is that we say, and then Sunday, we just kind of come and say it. You know, Chris talked about this a little bit last week. Oh, no, that is not the process at all. You see, actually, The process of everything that we did with this series, we started six months ago with an outline that we put together on the way that these weeks would sit. And then actually three weeks ago, I had to have a manuscript that was written out on what I was going to say today. And that manuscript first off was worked on by me and Rachel. You gotta know every single time that I get up front to speak, Rachel has her fingerprints all over the message that I give. We kind of work together as a team. But I bring that manuscript and I bring that into a team of people every week. We gather every Tuesday to take a look at messages. This is actually the room of people, of us sitting. That was just this past week talking about this message. And so three weeks ago, and, and this group of people, man, these are different. Site pastors, teachers, different people in our church know the Bible well. And I bring my manuscript into them and their job is to poke holes in my message. In all honesty, it's kind of painful because like, you bring this manuscript. Think about it. You've just written this whole thing out. You feel good about it. You bring it in, and their job is to be able to figure out the places where it needs to change. You kind of feel like you're there naked, you know, I mean, is they're like poking holes and all the different stuff, and they're bringing up the places where it might be weak, or it might be confusing, or it might need some changes, or there's a different emphasis that we need to take. And so I walk away from that meeting, and I go home, and I lick my wounds, and then I start to rewrite. The message, and I do that again for two weeks out with the same group, and then again for one week out. In the process of that, the message goes to worship leaders to put together their sets, as well as people writing community group questions. And so by the time that I get up here or Charles gets up here to give a message, there have been at least 15 sets of eyes that have been on that message to to, to, to give feedback on what they think potentially might need to change within the message. See, it's our goal. And we take it really seriously. And it's our goal as a team, actually, the next one, to teach the whole story of Scripture. Look, we don't, be a, we don't want to be people who only grab verses that make points. We also, like on top of that, we, we want to teach the whole story of Scripture. We want to be able to see Scripture as one cohesive story written by all kinds of different authors to help us to understand who God is. The words are from God to help us see who he is and the way he desires for us, he intended for us to live life. And so it's the reason why this past year, if you're new around here, we went through this past year, a series called Live This Book, where we looked at the entire story of scripture. It's it's the reason why we kind of see our bread and butter as the times where we get to like dive into books of the Bible and take a look deeply at what they say. So in two weeks, we're starting a series on the book of Philippians that we're going to take 10 weeks to take a look at that book. Think about this. It takes altogether 15 minutes to read the book of Philippians. We're gonna take 10 weeks to tear apart 15 minutes worth of scripture. And uh, we're going to do the same thing the second half of the year with the book of James. We love being able to do that. And the reason why we love being able to do that is because we want to tell the whole story of Scripture in a way that's both in-depth and accessible. I mean, look, if you come around here, when it comes to Scripture, we're going to dive deep into those passages. I mean, for crying out loud, you all, we have a Charles U on our staff team. You know, I mean, Charles Yu, the guy is just brilliant. He could, he literally, he could teach at just about any seminary or Bible college in the country. The guy understands the depth of Greek and Hebrew more than I do English. You know, I mean, that is just, that is who he is. And so if you come on a regular basis, we're going to dive deep into the original context of scripture. You're gonna probably learn some Hebrew and some Greek because it's important for us to understand why what was written was actually written based upon that cultural context. Like, here's the thing that we say around here that if if you haven't been around very long, it won't take long to hear this. We say, the Bible is written for us, but not to us. Exactly. Now, I know for some people, they're like, whoa, what does that mean? And we could take an hour just to unpack that phrase. It can kind of freak people out a little bit, but here's what we mean. We're not the original audience that scripture was written to. It was written to people in a completely different culture, in a completely different day and age, in a completely different country, in a completely different language. And so it's important for us to understand the context that it was written in so that we can get to the depth of what's being said. But we believe, is it written for us? Absolutely. In fact, it has the ability to change and transform our lives just as much today as it would have back at the time where it was written. And so we want to go deep and we want to make it accessible. Because look, I know we've got people at all of our sites and venues who have been studying scripture for decades. And we also have people who have never owned a Bible. And regardless of where you're at, we're so glad that you're here. And our hope is every single week as we gather that you're gonna walk away going, huh, I didn't know that about scripture. Huh, I hadn't thought about that in a while. Huh, I hadn't looked at the way that actually applies to my life. That's our desire every week. And the reason why we want that to happen every week if we go to the last one, we wanna make it in-depth and accessible leading to life transformation. You see, we... (laughs) We live in an incredible city, incredible city. And the city that we live in, man, if you get to know people, there are so many people here who are just unbelievably intellectually astute. You know, I mean, we've got, we've got the state capital here. We've got this, this cutting edge, Division One University, research university that does incredible work. We've got places like Epic and Exact Sciences. We have people who are just brilliant. And the thing that can happen sometimes when, when we think that way and we've been taught that way is that the goal of, of, of learning anything is to learn it, to have knowledge. But, but the thing is, when it comes to scripture, that's only a part of it. You see, we want you to know scripture. We want you to know the depth of why things were written the way that they were written, but for the sake of transformation happening. You see, the goal is, is that our lives would look different, that we would become different people, that that as we look at the Bible, it would change the way that we act, it would change the way we think, it would change the way we feel, it would change the way that we interact with other people, it would change the way that we spend our time and our resources, that it would change everything about us. And so the question I think that for any of us that we have to be asking is, are the words that we hear in this book, are they actually transforming us? I've got to ask myself that question. You know, and like, when I think about it, when I think about, okay, is Scripture really, really transforming my life? I think the answer would be, yeah, but it's really hard. You know, like, for instance, there's, um, there's this passage, if you, if you want to go there for a minute, it's Psalm 46. Psalm 46 is a passage um, that uh, has meant a lot to me. It's been one of my favorites through different stages of life. It, it, it starts off by saying, God is our refuge and our strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and its mountains quake with surging. And it goes on then to talk about this river whose streams make glad the city of God. It's an amazing passage of scripture. But that has been a passage for me in the midst of difficult times that I've turned to. And if I, if I think about this last year of my life, man, talk about feeling like a time where it feels like the earth is giving way. I mean, do you ever feel like in your life there are seasons that you go through where it just feels like the earth is giving way? Like this past year, a lot of you, a lot of you know this. You know, my this time last year, my father-in-law was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he passed away two months later. Um, a handful of months after that, my, my dad passed away. So from battling cancer. My mom, during all of this, her Alzheimer's kicked in worse and we had to have her placed into a memory care facility down in South Florida where my older sister is. Um, all of that was just, man, gut-wrenching to go through. And then on top of that, um, had friends who had medical diagnoses that were really difficult. I did more funerals this past year for friends or family members of friends than I ever want to do in my life again. Uh, We got COVID at the worst time of the year in the middle of all that that just messed things up for us for a while. And then on top of that, it's just the other things of life. You know, the, the dishwasher breaks, and you have to go and replace that, and you have car trouble, which changes all of your plans, and you're juggling things with, you know, one car. And then, you know, I, you get it. All of the different things that start to happen, and they just line up on top of each other, where it just can start to feel like the earth is giving way. Look, from, I, I know a, a bunch of you, and I know that you're, you've been in seasons that are like that. I know that for some of you you've been through a lot worse. And it can be in those seasons where I have to take a look at, okay, how is how is scripture really changing my life? So years ago before all of this happened, this passage of scripture meant so much to me that I actually got the last verse of Psalm 46 tattooed on my arm. The last verse of it says, "Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted" among the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And so I decided um, to get a part of this verse, be still and know, just tattooed on my arm. I've showed you this before. And I got it in a place to where it was facing me so I could read it as a reminder. But here's the question that I have to ask myself. Like this tattoo, it changed the look of my arm, but are the words of this actually changing the look of my heart to where I'm becoming a different person? And I can tell you that, um, yes, but it's hard. But every day, this is the type of stuff that I have to be putting into my life because many of the situations I went through this past year, are the type of things that, man, it like, they make your stomach churn. I've dealt with depression in the past. They could send me that direction. And I found that through this season, is difficult, and as much as we continue to grieve, that it, it hasn't been as bad. I can, it's like I have places where I continue to understand what it means to, in the midst of feeling like the earth is giving way, to be still and know that God is God and know that he's in control. You see, it's little bits of transformation. And that type of transformation is what we want for every single person who calls Blackhawk Church their home. It's what we want for every person. It's the reason why we made it the second distinctive, that we put it down as the second ingredient in our chili recipe. It says this, it says, whoever you are and wherever you are at, you are welcome here. And at the same time, we're a community who is being transformed by the love of Jesus. Following Jesus means that there will always be a next step of growth growth information. Look, wherever you are at, whatever site or venue or watching online or on our podcast in the room, wherever you are at, we're so glad that you are here. And we're hoping that something happens in life to begin to transform you because the Bible was meant to transform us, not to just be something we know. And so the way we say it is you are accepted here and you are expected to change. And by that change, I don't just mean you are expected to change your life in your own ability. You know, see, like we have, this, we have this secret weapon called the Holy Spirit, who for any of us as Christ followers comes into our lives and begins to do work, partnering with us to transform our lives in the way that we live. And as we look at scripture, it helps us to understand what that is supposed to look like. In the book of, in the book of James chapter one, James actually says this. I love the way that he says it. He says uh, in James one, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. It's kind of, it's kind of like this, okay? So um, this morning, when I woke up, one of the first things I did was this. Looked at myself, and I thought to myself, self, you got some work to do. You know, like I had, like my hair's all flat on one side from where I was sleeping and spiky on the other. I have no idea where the spikes came from, but they were there. And like, I needed a shave and my eyes were looking all baggy. And I thought, yeah, I got some things that I need to do. And so that's exactly what I started to do. I started to do the things that I needed to do so that then when I looked in the mirror, I saw what I see now. You see, I made changes. You see, For all of you here at sites and venues right now, look around at people for just a moment. Just look. I know it's awkward, but just look for just a moment. Because what you are seeing are people who most likely made changes. Because they looked in a mirror and they thought, nope. (laughs) And they made changes to look like what they look like now. You are seeing the new and improved of whatever it was that they saw in the mirror this morning. Now, for all of you online, I have no idea what to tell you. (laughs) so I mean maybe go look in the mirror I don't know I don't know but I know that for all of us there are changes that need that have happened and the reason why is because of what we saw we saw something in the mirror and we thought that needs to change And so we made changes. That's what this passage, it's talking about. It's talking about when I read this book, not just for knowledge, but to hold it up as a mirror, I all of a sudden see things in my life that might need to change. I get the chance to, um, it's so fun. I get the chance to occasionally come around UW women's volleyball practice, which I love doing. Every time I'm in there, I feel like the mayor of Munchkinland first off because I'm 5'8 and they are not. And, uh, and when I'm in there for practice, it, one of the coolest things that they do, they have a, they have a camera um, that, that is recording the court the whole time so that they can go back and watch practice. But then they have these two big flat screen TVs off to the side of the court that are, that are showing what's being filmed, but it's on a 30 second lag. And they do that so that, you know, they can be, you know, in a, in, you know, in a passing drill or a blocking drill or something like that. And they, there's something they're doing that doesn't feel right. They step off the court and they go and they watch the screen to be able to see what it is that they did. And they're not just going, huh, well, that's interesting. Well, back to what I was doing, you know, like, and they're not going to change anything. No, the idea is to watch so that they can change. God desires for us to know him and to understand the way he created us to be so that in our lives we can make changes and the Holy Spirit promises that he'll be doing work in our lives to help us in the process of this so that we can be transformed. So my question to you is, how are you doing with that? Edgar, it doesn't matter how long you've been a believer we're called to be transformed at every age and stage of life. We just finished this series that we were doing called Summer Camp where we were looking at spiritual practices. How did those affect you? Not like just did you become a person who prays more and did you, like are, are you more generous? Are you serving? Like are you becoming a person who's more kind? Are you, are you becoming a person who is more gracious with others? Are you, are you growing in your patience? Are you becoming a person who is more merciful with other people? Are you, are you becoming more, more generous in the way that you are with your time or with your resources? Because, see, it, it, as we look, and I know, it, like, day to day, I never notice those things, but I have to look over a season of time, and if I'm not seeing changes that way in my own life, then there's a there's a decent chance that everything I'm doing here is not making me more godly, it's just making me more churchy. And there's no bigger turnoff in the world than people who are just churchy. You see, God desires to do something in us that only he can do. And he gives us his word and says, I I want you to take and dive into this. For our job, it's our job to teach so that for all of us, we can be transformed more more into the people he desires for us to be, that, we, that our lives might look different and that the way that we are used together to be on mission together in this world looks different. That's two of our ingredients. Next week, we'll dive into four more. Maybe this week, as you head to your community group or you're headed out to brunch after or spending time with friends, it would be worth it just to say, Think about, where am I being transformed? Where do I need to be transformed? That you and I together might, through that, experience more the grace, mercy, love of Jesus and the way that he desires to make us to be more like him. Let me pray for us. Lord God, thank you so much that you are one who is willing to dive into our lives to change and transform us. You don't just leave us where we are. You desire to make us more like your son. And God, we just admit that is really hard for us. We Sometimes we miss the things. We, we look in the mirror and we go out with a hair on one side that's flat because we just sort of forgot. Would you help us, Father, to see the places that you desire to do work in our lives to make us more like you? And would you move towards us in a way just gently, patiently that you do Help us to become the people who we, you desire for us to be. That we as a church, this unique church that you created us to be, that we would be on mission together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. All God's people together said, amen.